<clears throat> Morning, church. Several years back when we lived in East Texas, I was at the grocery store one evening and the young man who was sacking my groceries looked past me and said to the gentleman behind me, you must be a basketball player. So I turned to see this oil well of a 6'8 guy standing behind me, so I thought I'd have a little fun with this. and. So I looked at the kid back in the groceries. I said, hey, why didn't you ask me if I was a basketball player? Because <laughs> I'm too old? Is it because I'm too short? I mean, what's up with that? I said, I guess you're a football player. <laughs> now, he was a young, strapping freight train of a guy. And he said, as a matter of fact, I'm the nose tackle for the high school team. I feared for my life, so I, <laughs> I took those groceries and got to the car as fast as I could, and you know, I got to thinking that, that that guy was making an association between tall people and basketball players. You might do the same. Maybe you've done that before. In fact, it's, it's not too far-fetched because John does the same thing in our study of 1 John called Blessed Assurance. He says uh, there are certain characteristics, there are certain identifying marks of a child of God. There are certain things that we are known for. In fact, we looked at some of those. We started looking at those last week. Some of the identifying marks have to do with how we obey and how we walk. And whoever loves his brother, those are identifying marks, we can make that association between children of God, followers of God. It's kind of interesting, he doesn't mention talk. He kind of does in a negative sense. He says some people say, some people make claims, some people are all talk. If we claim to have fellowship, if we say, if we claim to be without sin, if we claim we have not sinned, so John wants us to know that being a child of God is not just talk. It's not just what you know. It's also what you show. There must be action. There must be some identifying marks. There must be some identifying behavior. In fact, he's going to tell us more about that today. Let's look. This is a message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. He's been talking about that. He's going to talk about that today. He's going to talk about that more in our next lesson. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. I'm stuck. There we go. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him... How can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, 
but with actions and in truth. It was Tina Turner's most successful single in 1984. What's love got to do with it? John says in our text, everything, everything. John's already told us and continues to tell us that love is an identifying mark of a Christ follower, of a child of God. More specifically, he wants us to know that real Christians don't just believe right, they behave right. Now, let me unwrap that a little bit. There are those who are all about believing to the point that it's all about right doctrine. We have way stressed the importance of believing right. We have judged other people and judged other churches because they don't believe right. Let me translate. They don't believe like us. Interesting. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't hear me wrong. Believing right is good. And believing right is important. But it's not any more important than behaving right. Which is why in our text today, I think he's emphasizing right behavior is just as important as right doctrine. Let me say that again. Right behavior is just as important as right doctrine. In fact, look what he says in verse 23. This is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and and to love. He could have just stopped and said to believe, and some people would have been happy. And to believe and to love. Not two commands. I think that's one command. John says that believing and behaving are equally linked. Now... I think we all know Christians who believe the right things and behave wrongly. Probably everybody in here at times, we've believed right and behaved wrong. John says real Christians do both. And as children of God, we're called to believe the right things and to behave the right way. You can't separate those. Let me say it another way. Some of the meanest people I know are Christians who disagreed with me over doctrine because I didn't have right doctrine in their opinion, which they think gave them the right to behave poorly towards me or abuse me as if all that mattered was right doctrine, but their behavior they almost justified and rationalized because I didn't have right doctrine in their opinion. Now, I think we've bought into Satan's lie that says you can have right doctrine in wrong behavior. Satan's lie that you can have right doctrine in wrong behavior. John wants us to know that being a child of God is not just about me and God. It's about me and you. They go hand in hand. They asked Jesus one time. They said, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest command? What's the one thing? I mean, if you were to narrow it down, what's the one thing that's the most important? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. And, and, because you can't separate those. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
So we think right doctrine between us and God is way more important than right behavior between me and you. Interesting. Because we need to do both. If it was just about right doctrine, there'd be a lot of people in heaven. If it was about right behavior, not so many in heaven. Now listen, folks, I, I, think, I think this is huge, and I've shared this with you before, and it doesn't bother me to share this with you again, but it bothers some of you that I say this, which is why I'm going to say it again. <laughs> I have seen Christians who were so bitter towards one another to the point that they weren't speaking to one another, to the point that if one or the other was to move on the other side of the globe, they'd be just fine. Who show up in the same building and participate in the Lord's Supper as if right doctrine was the only thing that was important while their wrong behavior was separating them between... We've looked at this verse in Matthew. If your brother has something against you and you're at the altar, you're at church... You need to go make things right because what you think is happening between you and God ain't happening. Wow. Now, we're going to talk about this in weeks to come, but John says you can't claim to love God and hate your brother. You can't claim to love God and hate your brother. Right belief and right behavior go hand in hand. Right doctrine plus wrong behavior is wrong doctrine. Right doctrine plus wrong behavior is really wrong doctrine. So John says if you claim to be a Christian and if you claim to walk in the light and if you claim to love your brother, then show it. Show it by your love. Show it by your actions. Show it by your behavior. It's not just what you know, it's what you show. Isn't that what Jesus said? By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have right doctrine. doesn't say that. By this all men will know you are my disciples if you love one another. It's not just right doctrine. We need to have right behavior. Now listen, folks, this, this, this changed the world. Let me give you a quote by Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones in his commentary. He says, We know as a literal fact of history that there was nothing that so impressed the ancient world as the way in which Christians loved one another. The Jews and Gentiles were one in Christ. They showed it in practice in the way in which they were ready to sacrifice for one another, in the way they shared their goods with one another, and in the way they prayed for one another. These were things that amazed the ancient world, and they were perhaps more productive in turning people to Christ than anything else. Nothing in that quote about right doctrine. Everything in that quote about right behavior. If we still want to change the world, if we still want to reach the world, if we still want to expand the kingdom, then we got to get a handle on this thing called love. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Nothing in there about right doctrine. Don't hear me to say Richie doesn't believe in right doctrine. Hear me to say Richie's all for right behavior. Believing wrong will keep you out of heaven. Behaving wrong will keep you out of heaven. If you think you believe right, but you behave wrong, John says that will keep you out of heaven. 
Now, he's still reminding us. He's still showing us identifying marks. This is who we are. As children of God, we have identifying marks. Children of God behave a certain way. Listen, there are identifying marks of a child of God, and there are identifying marks of a child of the devil. Want to know the difference? Love. It's love. He says, this is nothing new. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. What does love look like? Doesn't look like Cain. Doesn't look like Cain. Instead of listening to the voice of God, he listened to the voice of Satan. And because he was a child of the devil, he did what was in his nature. He hated his brother, and that led to murder. Some will say, well, I've never murdered anyone. Jesus would say, you don't have to commit the external act of murder if you've already harbored hatred in your heart. You've already murdered someone in your heart. Wow. The only difference between hate and murder is the outward act. The inward intent is still the same. So just because the outward act hasn't happened doesn't mean the inward bloodshed hasn't started. The fact that you've never murdered anyone is not the issue. The issue is, have you ever harbored hatred? Now, you may be thinking, Richie, why are you harping on this so much? Because we're fixing to get to a passage that he uses that word love so much that I think we need to drive it home. Listen, folks, hatred doesn't kill your neighbor. Hatred kills you. Psychiatrists have said for years that malice and hatred cause all kinds of physical and emotional problems in you. Now, I think you need to know it's natural for us to hate. For us to love the way John's talking about is not natural. It's supernatural. So, maybe you need some assurance today. He says, We know that we've passed from death to life because we love our brothers. How do you know if you're a Christ follower? How do you know if you're a Christian? How do you know if you're a child of God? How do you know that you can have assurance? Just look at the way you treat brothers and sisters in Christ. It's not just right doctrine, it's right behavior. One of the first questions in the Bible was from God. The Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother? Followed by the next question by Cain, Am I my brother's keeper? Am I responsible for my brother? Am I responsible for my brother's needs? And the answer is yes. Unless you're a child of the devil. Children of the devil only think about themselves and only love themselves. Children of God think about others and love others. Cain was wrong. Am I my brother's keeper? Absolutely yes. Am I supposed to take care of my brother's needs? John says absolutely yes. He illustrates, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? The answer is, it can't. It can't. Because real love is not selfish with possessions. It's one of our identifying marks. As children of God, we're to use our worldly 
possessions to benefit other people. Jesus said that. Jesus said, I tell you, use worldly wealth to benefit others so that when it's gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Right doctrine and right behavior. John goes a little deeper. He says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for, you would think he would say, for him. But really, he did. Because when we lay down our lives for our brothers, we're showing the love of Jesus. Right doctrine and right behavior. What does that look like? This is his command to believe and to love. It's very unlikely that anyone in here will have to die for someone, but Jesus says we can die to ourselves by showing our love and helping those who are in need. You do know it's possible to talk about Loving everyone and helping no one. You do know it's possible to have right doctrine, we think, and wrong behavior. You do know it's possible to be all mouth with our religion. So John says, dear children, let us not love with words or tongue or claims but with actions and in truth. You've heard me preach on salvation. You've heard me preach on grace on Sunday mornings. I'm talking about grace in the auditorium class. No doubt when I talk about grace and say it's all about God. It's what God does. It's what God did at the cross. It's all about Jesus. It's all about all about. Someone will say, but Richie... We have to do something. I agree. John agrees. Show me your love. There needs to be some action. There needs to be right behavior. Some will say it doesn't matter how you behave as long as you believe right. That's a lie. That's one of Satan's lies. That's a false statement. Listen, we love the right doctrine of John 3.16, we struggle with the right behavior of 1 John 3.16. For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And yeah, you better believe that. That's right doctrine. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. We struggle with right behavior. Listen, folks, it's not just what you know, it's what you show. John says, <clears throat> this is not up for discussion. This is truth. This is not optional. One of our identifying marks as a child of God is love. And John says, act like it. In fact, this, this, this should get our attention. This should drive it home. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. If you hate your brother, don't expect to have eternal life with God. 
If you hate your brother, don't expect to be in heaven. Right doctrine and right behavior. We don't make ourselves Christians by loving others. We prove that we're Christians. So if you claim to be a child of God, then you ought to behave a certain way. Listen, folks, the only way to love the way God loves is to have supernatural, is to get a new nature. We talked about this last week. When we become children of God, when we become Christ followers, when we're born again, we're given a new nature. Here's what Paul writes. We were therefore buried with Christ through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have live a new life, a new nature. What does it take to love the way God loves? It takes a death. It takes a burial. It takes a resurrection. It takes a new nature. It takes being born again. It takes being baptized. In baptism, we get a new nature. And that new nature gives us the power to live, and it gives us the power to love. Listen, folks, the outflow of love is the result of the inflow of God, which we get when we're baptized. It's that new life. So let me give you an invitation this week. Let me give you an, a homework assignment this week. Number one, if you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you to do that. You don't have to do it on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday. You can do it whenever you want. You can do it with whoever you want. It doesn't have to be in front of people. It can be in front of your family. You can have whoever you want baptize you. If you're thinking about that, can I encourage you to talk to one of the ministers, one of the shepherds, or anyone on the row around you who'd be happy to talk to you about baptism. That's homework assignment number one. Homework assignment number two is this week, can I encourage you to go show your love? Not just show up and worship God, which is important. Please don't hear me wrong. But John says, let's show people. Let's behave right. We've got right doctrine in here today because we're here. Let's have right behavior the rest of the week in our interactions with other people. Right doctrine plus right behavior. Let's show our love. Let's pray.